This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Action-packed app show for you today. We're going to be talking about Parler, the social media app that's uh, been cut off the internet, and also some alternatives to messaging apps that will actually protect your privacy, and the latest Samsung announcements from the Consumer Electronics Show. Well, it looks like Samsung is taking advantage of the CES 2021 virtual event to launch one of their new Galaxy flagship phones. Typically, this happened in February, but uh, now in January here, it's the new Galaxy S21, and uh, they've got the three models. So, John, it looks like they're following the same playbook. Yeah, for sure. Uh, although it's some interesting developments with sort of the flagship phone too, which might mean they're going to be simplifying their product lineup a little bit. So they have the S21. S21 Plus and the S21 Ultra. And so what you're referring to, the S21 Ultra, you can get an optional case for it that has a built-in S Pen. What does that mean for the future? Well, yeah, I mean, for the future of the Note. Um, But the interesting thing is you can actually use any S Pen that you have with the Ultra. So you don't have to buy the case and use that specific pen, which is a nice feature. They've actually teamed up with Wacom technology for that type of pen technology in the display. Uh, So it's going to be very interesting to see what the adoption rate is of that, because that was always sort of one of the the selling points of the note, uh, having this ability to draw and annotate and sketch and, and do all those things. And they spent a lot of time on that specific product category. And it was very popular, I think, with a lot of creatives. People like to draw, take notes, that type of thing. Um, and even content creators. It's a beautiful design of the the overall line there. They also are using uh, Gorilla Glass Victus uh, for protection and what they call an AL7 S10 metal frame as well. Beautiful looking phone, no question. Uh, the camera's uh, always the big story with these uh, particular uh, phones. The, uh, you know, let's go right to the Ultra. It's uh, got a 108 megapixel main sensor, uh, 12 megapixel wide angle sensor, 10 me- megapixel, three times optical zoom, telephoto lens, and another 10 megapixel 10 times optical zoom telephoto lens so uh, i know a lot of uh, gobbledygook there but essentially this thing can take pictures <laughs> yeah with, with having the dual uh, uh telephoto lenses uh they've increased the space zoom uh, up to 100 times zoom using a, a sort of a, a combination of the optical and digital zoom technology that they have and they've also made it so that you can actually have zoom lock so you can actually lock in on a subject that's really far away uh, and they were actually using an example of uh, being what looked like in Brooklyn and zooming into like downtown Manhattan uh, on a building in the example that, that I saw so it was uh, a pretty well it's one of those things that we have to try to sort of see how it is because the problem with these extremely long zooms is that it almost is impractical unless you're using it with a tripod yeah, I'm. I am interested to to try that out. I I don't know how many times I would use a hundred times <laughs> zoom uh, on that, but um, it was interesting. Also, uh, and again, we've got to get our hands on this to really run it through its paces. But uh, one of the things they were showing is the enhanced night mode as well, compared it to uh, you know the previous uh, model of the uh, the phone, the S twenty, and it looks like they've made some dramatic improvements there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're also, um, uh, I think this is probably one of the first phones I've seen with the Wi-Fi 6E support coming into it as well, uh, which is interesting. This is the new fi- hyper-fast Wi-Fi mode uh, that is just starting to sort of trickle out now. 
Yeah, and the the 6E, again, for those who don't know, uh, it is capable of using the 6 gigahertz band uh, for, you know, from Wi-Fi routers that support that particular uh, standard. So uh, I guess giving it a little more um, range, so to speak, uh, as far as bandwidth and, and how far away you can be from the, uh, the Wi-Fi uh, router. Um, the series, they all support 25-watt uh, uh, super fast charging, 15-watt uh, fast wireless charging, and wireless uh, power share. So nothing really surprising there. No, <laughs> no, they, they've added a few interesting uh, new or, or at least evolution of some of the software side and the, going back to the cameras a little bit. They've got uh, single take 2.0. So this allows you to take basically one shot and uh, you have a number of ways that you can sort of process that photo, everything from scenery lighting. It'll pick best moment. Even even can make a highlight reel from, you know, a, a period of time and, and super dynamic slow motion as well. Uh, they've also added director's view, which is a multi-angle camera view. So you can actually look at multiple lenses lenses at the same time and choose and, and switch back and forth between them like you're switching a live TV show almost. Um, they've also got an interesting uh, a mode where you can have, um, it's called vlogger view. So imagine you're shooting uh, a cute video of say your pet. Uh, you can actually record the front and the rear cameras at the same time. So you can actually capture your reaction to that video as it's unfolding. Yeah, those are interesting. I, I like the single take mode. Um, again, it's kind of more of like you're taking a 10 to 15 second video and it's yeah. getting all those photos out of it. But it kind of creates a, a cool collage, if you want, of of the different takes and uh, like a little video piece to it as well. So, um, you know, I would actually like to see something like that on the uh, on the Apple side, to be honest. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sure it'd be very I think it'll be very popular with people that use uh, sort of these video compilations for things like Instagram stories, TikTok, and those kinds of things. I think, I mean, they definitely are appealing to those content creator types on the social platforms. Um, We should also mention too, that uh, it's all, they're shooting in 8K, uh, these things, which is crazy. Uh, They have something called Video Snap. So it shoots video at 8K and allows you to take really high resolution photos at the same time. Uh, So that's pretty interesting. They have unlimited super steady video as well. Uh, Apparently it's very rock solid and and, uh, compensates for any movements and that type of thing. Um, they're also using uh, 120 hertz smooth scrolling display, which we've seen before, uh, but it's kind of like across the whole line of phones, not just on the ultra side. Um, they've got an enhanced portrait mode with AI as well. So you'll get that better thing. So one of the things that they sort of highlighted was the fact that you're going to get a proper, true, like DSLR bokeh view of things. Whereas some of the other software versions in the past, and even Apple was guilty of this too, is it tends to look a little computer processed uh, as opposed to a true depth of field effect. And, and because they've got so many lenses now on these cameras or so many f- cameras on these phones, uh, they have the ability to have that uh, sort of taking it from multiple angles, even if it's just on the same little camera right in the back. Yeah, you talked about the 8K video. Uh, this is one of the first uh, phones that I know of uh, that can also take 4K video, but across all of the lenses, whether you're using the wide or the telephoto. And that was always frustrating too, because you would you you you, you sort of everyone sort of gravitates to their favorite lens, but some of these other lenses on the previous models and other manufacturers, you couldn't use the full capability because of you know either limitation or some other reason why you couldn't shoot in true 4K across all of them now. So that's going to be a nice, and that's across all of the S twenty one series. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, what the upgrade path will be for a lot of the folks out there. I mean, if you just bought an S20, uh, you know, are you going to upgrade to the S21? I don't know if there's enough features here uh, for Mm -hmm. that to happen. I think if you had previous versions, it it, it might be uh, something to look at, especially if you're into photography or video work. Yeah, and I think that goes with any uh, upgrade. I mean, we we talk about this all the time on the Apple side as well. It's like, generally the camera is what's driving it and and the camera and the camera features like we talked about all those different uh, views and options with the cameras uh, those might be compelling and it's unclear if some of those features are going to get backwards compatible to the older models as well because it's in some cases it's just a software update but in other cases like with the ultra it actually is utilizing a laser autofocus for example to do a lot of the sort of uh photo trickery if you will and so that wouldn't exist in the previous models so uh it's still i mean it's it's a great time to be a camera enthusiast with a smartphone no matter what platform you're on and just quickly to round it all off uh they do have um you know ip68 uh you know water resistance waterproof uh, rating uh on the ultra model uh and as far as battery the ultra has a 5000 milliamp hour battery and the s21 and s21 plus have 4000 and 4800 milliamp hours uh, respectively yeah, so you'll be able to go all day on any of these phones, no, no question. We are going to have to take a break, but we're going to continue to talk about some cool new Samsung devices uh, that they've announced, including smart tags, uh, allowing you to track everything from your laptop, your bike, to even your pets. Back after this. Let's uh, have a look at uh, some of the other Samsung uh, announcements uh, during CES when it comes to the smartphone side and the Galaxy line. They announced uh, some new smart tags to compete against, uh, I guess, the Tile tracker folks, and also, obviously, some new Galaxy Bud Pro uh, earbuds uh, as well, which uh, look uh, pretty pretty interesting. We'll start with the uh, the Galaxy Pro uh, buds, John. Uh, I guess these are a step up from uh, last year's uh, model. Uh, these uh, fit really nicely in the ear. I've got a pair of the uh, the previous uh, version. I love them. They fit so comfortably. Uh, great audio. But the one thing they were missing was the spatial audio that the AirPod Pros have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you said, this is sort of the evolution of the beans, as everybody calls them. Uh, And but it's a slightly new form factor. Um, Interestingly enough, it's also got IPX7, which is the highest water resistance rating uh, for these things. So you can do them, use them almost in any environment. Um, They've got Noise cancelling as well. It apparently can block up to 99% of outside noise and it's actually adjustable. So there's like a slider you can adjust what level of uh, uh, noise cancelling do you want. Um, And four levels of ambient sound that you can let the outside sort of pass through uh, so you can still be aware of your surroundings and not completely drown out uh, your environment. So another feature that's really nice with the Buds Pro is that it actually features three microphones. So you get true uh, noise free calls, uh, which is a big problem with some of these uh, smaller, really small uh, earbuds is that they just don't have enough noise cancellation. So, you know, audio sounds great for music, but call quality just sounds like garbage. Uh, but this has three mic system, which seems to be the new standard for that. Um, and with the, the the case, which you charge, uh, you can actually get up to 18 hours of battery life and one hour of playtime with these buds, uh, you can get in five minutes of charging in the case, which is pretty great. That's not bad because uh, a lot of times, you know, I've been on an airplane Maybe one day I'll be on one again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd run out, uh, you know, halfway uh, through my flight. And uh, 
you know, it takes forever to recharge these wireless uh, type buds. So being able to get like an hour's charge in five minutes is amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the uh, Samsung uh, trackers uh, or tags. Uh, the Smart tags, sorry. Uh, these are little ultra wideband uh, tracking devices that uh, you can basically put on anything from your keys to your pets to your bike. Um, I wonder if they'll be able to make a go of this. I mean, obviously, they're trying to, you know, enhance and expand their ecosystem. Yeah, well, it's interesting because they've tied this into their smart things functionality, which is built into all of their devices already. So all your devices become uh, sort of mesh nodes, if you will, for these trackers. So whether you, you whether you lose your phone or your pet or whatever you've attached the tag to, uh, you're going to be able to use the smart things app functionality to sort of hopefully find and track it. Uh, so well, it, but like you said, uh, it's to be determined how popular this will be. Um, because Tyler already has a pretty good foothold in this space. Uh, and I just wonder how big of a market it is overall. But like we've talked about in the past, you know, Apple's also rumored to be coming out with something like that. So maybe it's going to be pum- becoming one of these uh, ecosystem specific things that you're going to buy, right? So if you're all in on the Samsung world, then why wouldn't you want the Samsung version of Tile if you already have some tiles and just sell or give those to your friend and just go all in on the Samsung side? Yeah, it looks like they're trying to really uh, start seeding that. Uh, if you buy one of the uh, the new Samsung Galaxy S21 phones, uh, I think one of the offers, um, and you'll have to double check it, uh, comes with the Galaxy Bud Pro uh, earbuds and also one of these smart tags as well. Yeah, and I think that'll be a good uh, push to get some penetration with that is if people have them, they'll find the usefulness for them. Because I think that's also the problem that I think Tile has to a degree is you don't know how useful it is until you've actually had one and, and see the functionality. And it's it's not necessarily something that's sort of easy to understand if you're a layperson as to how these function uh, and how, you know, they're not a GPS tracker. Uh, they're they're more passive than that. Um, but definitely for finding stuff in your house or tracking a lost phone, is it's invaluable. And, and I think that's the key thing for people to realize uh, when they look at these trackers and, uh, you know, the Samsung ones are, are no different. Uh, they have to be in range of something that's actually tracking them. They don't have a built-in GPS that no matter where they are, you know, up in a mountain or, you know, in a park that you'll be able to see them. Uh, other phones that, uh, you know, have that capability of tracking them have to be in range for it to give you an alert, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, it's it's an exciting time to be in uh, wanting to track your stuff if you're in the Samsung world, because now they support it. Uh, whether these are interoperable with other things or not, I think is uh, probably unlikely. They're probably proprietary to the smart things uh, ecosystem, because uh, that would be a nice thing is if there was a standard for these so that any tracker, <laughs> you know, but that's not going to happen. God willing. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I'd heard rumors they were coming out with this. And, you know, we're hearing rumors that uh, Apple is doing the same thing with AirTags or whatever they're going to call them. But I, I thought that maybe Samsung would come out with a few more form factors than just the one that they showed. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you look at Tile right now, they've got all sorts of different models. Uh, you know, they've got the Tag Type 1s, look very similar to the Samsung Smart Tag, but they've also got the smaller kind of coin size uh, ones as well and credit card size ones too. So they've got more of a, a wider range of form factors that I think would be more appealing to people. Yeah, and and, and Tile even has like different, designer colors now too so they you know it can actually be more fitting for your you know your aesthetic or your lifestyle um 
but I think maybe this will be a trial to see how they do and and, and if there's going to be a, enough of a market to start coming out with other form factors and and make like the stickers and the and the coin size ones like you mentioned um, Samsung is not afraid of having multiple SKUs for a product so yeah uh, we'll see what happens with that but I think this might be sort of just sort of testing the waters for now uh, and and because they're basically giving it away for free with uh, one of these new phones uh, in some cases um, I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I think once you get one of these things, it happened with me with Tile. I got one of them, and then you see kind of how handy they are, and then you just start buying a bunch bunch more. But um, I, I just can't help but think they're really trying to you know, create an ecosystem of something, but do they have the power that Apple does? Do you know what I mean? Like when Apple comes out with something, um, it can be used across their entire line, and they've got such a... Uh, a, a rabid fan base as well. It just kind of works. You know what I mean? They control everything as well. They control their own app store, uh, every component of the hardware and software experience where Samsung doesn't necessarily do that. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's why I was, I was, I guess, optim- naively optimistic that they might do something a little bit more, less proprietary and, and more standards based. But um this is a space that's going to be ripe for competition as we're seeing, but also ripe for consolidation as well with some standards at some point. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back here on the app show, some really interesting uh, stuff we have to talk about when it comes to social media and censorship. As we know, Donald Trump has uh, basically been cut off of Twitter and Facebook. YouTube has taken him down uh, as well. Parler, which uh, was a competing app, to the Twitter platform has been pulled off the internet by Amazon, who was hosting them. We're going to talk about all the ramifications of that and some messaging apps that uh, might be worth looking at to protect your privacy. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and Graham Williams. Going to talk about uh, a very important topic uh, right now. Uh, social media has uh, come under fire in the past uh, week or so, in uh, I guess in response to the uh, the Washington Capitol riots. Uh, many social media outlets have basically banned uh, not only uh, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, but uh, many right wing fringe groups uh, as well. We've seen uh, Donald. I'll call him Donald. Uh, he's been banned from Facebook, from Twitter. YouTube has taken his channel down. And Parler, which was kind of the uh, the conservative version of Twitter, was basically taken down by Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services is one of the biggest uh, cloud and hosting uh, service providers in the world. Uh, Parler was basically hosted on there. Amazon uh, felt that uh, they needed to basically take them off uh, as well. And so I wanted to chat with you guys uh, about that and even some of the security issues now that are coming to light with Parler and what other alternatives are there out there for people that, you know, are feeling disenfranchised, uh, not necessarily wanting to use uh, uh, platforms like Twitter or Facebook for their messaging. Uh, But we'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, with Parler, and again, it was kind of like the conservative Twitter, uh, big security issue, Graham. 
Yeah, so some some interesting things went on with Parler. Um, when it first launched, it, it launched very, very quickly, right? We started to see a lot of deplatforming of people, um, which has been effective in reducing the the tone of the conversations, really kind of calm things down a bit, because when you don't have that incendiary rhetoric, rhetoric all the time, people can actually start to have rational discussions as far as they can go with this. So when Parler launched, um, it was launched in a very haphazard manner. And so the database on this thing, uh, people were submitting things to the site. Um, it did a couple of, made a couple of mistakes, um, one of which is something called metadata. So when you take a picture or a video on your phone, you might notice when you go into your phone app or your photos app, pardon me, uh, it'll show you this is when it was taken, this is where it was taken. There's GPS data attached to it. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and a few others, uh, they strip that metadata out. It's kind of good for everybody because, you know, at that point, you're not putting yourself at risk if you're putting, posting pictures of your cat at home, you're not posting your home address. Uh, Parlor didn't do that, which means that every single picture, every single video that was uploaded to this site contained all of that data. Now, for the folks that decided, the terrorists really, that decided to invade the Capitol um, last week, um, that were actually taking photos and video inside the Capitol, they provided the FBI with a beautiful piece of uh, evidence. They like, yes, it's me. Yes, I'm here. Uh, my phone's data is attached to it. My location data is attached to it. This really makes for some open and shut cases. <laughs> Are these the world's stupidest terrorists? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bar, bar none. Yes. And that's really like the bar. Or, is really or sorry, there. stupidest patriots, let's say. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the, the other thing is um, this whole database, which has been, it has been hacked, right? This whole database was lifted. 80 terabytes of data uh, was lifted. How did they lift um, it, Graham? Do we know? Uh, complete insecurity. So there are th things where when you're setting up databases, um, there are holes that you really need to patch. And so uh, the folks that set this up, you know, really were more interested, I think, in getting their message out than in actual what we call operational security or data security. Um, so that this sort of slipshod thing has really come back to bite them. So um, there, there's one hacker online who's got the database, has distributed it. I've seen it. Um, and so the funniest thing is, uh, there's when you delete something from a social media network, the hope is, and Facebook went through this whole thing, that you actually delete the data. Um, with Parler, they didn't. What they did was they basically just flipped the bit on it, making it look like it had been deleted, but it was still in the database, which means that all of the folks out there that, you know, while they were in a rage and posted things about killing people and some really unsavory stuff, who then went back and went, ooh, that was probably a bad idea and most likely illegal for me to do, and went and deleted that. Guess what, folks? It's not, That's not deleted. It's not deleted. And so again, silver platter evidence, FBI. Um, it's going to be a bad time for a lot of people, not just in the U.S., but anybody that was on the Parler network. Now, one last interesting thing here. In order to be verified on Parler, you had to upload photo ID. All of that <laughs> was in the database. So for anyone that was on the oh Parler my God. system that was verified, congratulations. You've just handed identity thieves everything they need to go out and steal everything about you. Hmm. It's interesting too, Graham, like with that archive, uh, people have been actually been able to recreate and sort of almost do like a play-by-play -play of the insurrection from the GPS data and all the other metadata that you mentioned. Uh, and they literally are able to track someone as they were at the, uh, the big rally beforehand and then as they moved in on the building and even they're even able to tell uh, from the gps data how deep into the 
Congress building they were actually able to get. Uh, and this is all tracked. It's like literally like it's a, you know, like when you go for a run and your GPS tracks you, they've basically got that level of detail of all these insurrectionists, which is with their photo ID. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. We, we, we have actually um, been able to confirm that this will not help them close their Apple Fitness rings. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so. But guys, this isn't that. I mean, that's even to me, that's the big story at how crappy Parler was at security and protecting their users' privacy. Like, it's incredulous. I can't even fathom. Like, if any other network or messaging platform had done this, they, they would have been roasted alive. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I mean, we've heard a lot about, quote unquote, big tech over the last little while. A a few things about big tech. One, uh, Facebook, Apple, Google, uh, they don't owe you anything. It is a private service. Freedom of speech um, in the U.S. and, you know, our freedom of speech, our hate laws here in Canada, uh, they do not entitle you to a place on any of their platforms on on a private platform. If the government of Canada or the government of your province, or the government of your city, or the government of the U.S. tries to stop you from saying something um, on one of their platforms, uh, then you have a freedom of speech issue. In, here in Canada, we have hate speech laws that will even extend past that. So if you're saying something that is going to call for violence against someone, it's called uttering threats, um, or you know, direct violence or hate against a specific identifiable group. And there's a whole, I'm not a lawyer here, but there's a whole uh, contingency, con, uh, conscious of things that go with that, then yeah you're going to have a hard time and that speech can actually be removed. So if you're feeling like people are stopping you from saying things, and we're talking a little bit earlier about, you know, what to do if you feel disenfranchised, my first suggestion would be reflecting on what it is that you are saying that is causing people to say, you know, we don't actually think that has a place in a rational, calm society. Yeah, but then you've got these guys. So just to take their, uh, the other side there, You've got huge amounts of power in big tech that are basically um, being saddled with the responsibility of being the the thought police or or the censors of this. Like now, it's not it's, 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 sure some of the stuff's black and white. You know, if I'm going to say I'm going to go kill the vice president, uh, yes, that's not good. You know, obviously take that off. But there's a lot of gray area. It's been four years of a slow march towards this. And I think big tech has been incredibly tolerant of some things that quite some, reasonably- some, some are arguing too tolerant. Years ago. Yeah, but some yes. are saying too tolerant. And, well, and, been- and honestly, like in my opinion, yes, they have been too tolerant. There have been things where it's not even, you know, codified speech. We're not talking about the, you know, the QAnon going down the rabbit hole of pulling out Jim Carrey's number 23 movie and trying to figure out how, how it all fits together. Here's a pro tip, it doesn't. Um, But they've been very, very patient. And I think, you know, we were all kind of hoping that at some point we could bring the conversation back to a more rational place. It didn't get there. And so for the rest of society, we're kind of looking at it and going, okay, you had your time. And we realized that this, like five people are dead in the US Capitol. And it's gone to that point. We've crossed a line here. And there really isn't any going back. We're talking all about social media platforms and censorship with Parler basically being yanked off of uh, Amazon Web Services. Uh, We are hearing that it's coming back in some form. Uh, They apparently have secured a a hosting provider. We'll be following up on on that. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other alternatives. Probably the, the biggest one would be Signal. We'll tell you what that's all about, how it works, and why it might be something that you want to use. You're listening to The App Show. Back after this. 
You're back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. We have been talking about uh, the social media and messaging platforms, the censorship that's been happening uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, We've all heard, uh, obviously, Donald Trump and many uh, alt-right fringe groups have been banned off of many of the platforms. Uh, Even Parler, which was the haven for the right, Uh, had been taken down by Amazon Web Services. They're in the process of finding another hosting provider. Uh, Right now, guys, I want to talk about some alternatives uh, and maybe the repercussions of, uh, you know, having this censorship and taking down uh, these these folks. Uh, Signal is uh, a messaging-type platform that's been around for a while. Graham, can you give us the Reader's Digest version of what this is all about? Sure. So Signal is an open source piece of software, which means that you can see all of the source code. And so that's one of the reasons that we know that it's secure. Um, to give you you know, some ringing endorsements, Edward Snowden uh, says that he uses it every single day. And it's the it's the app I'm trying to move everybody to. It's kind of, I've kind of become a broken record on it, but I'm good. I'm happy to stay in that groove for a while. So right now you're probably using a couple of different things to talk to each other. You could be using SMS. You could be using WhatsApp. You could be using Facebook Messenger, uh, iMessage. Um, out of those, the most secure is iMessage. Uh, SMS is not secure. It's not encrypted at all, which means that being able to get access to SMS messages, pretty darned easy, uh, both for law enforcement and for people that have perhaps some nefarious purposes that they might have for your your conversations. Uh, WhatsApp and, uh, and Facebook Messenger and even Instagram Messenger, um, they are now the same thing. And so this is something that happened last week. Uh, WhatsApp was acquired by Facebook, you know, last year, year before, something like that. There's over 1 billion users of WhatsApp. Um, And essentially what WhatsApp has done is they have announced that they are going to be relaying all of that data and conversations uh, back to Facebook. So when you start thinking about, you know, those times where uh, ads pop up after you've had a conversation with someone, usually that means that there's something going on in your life where your search patterns are saying some things about you. And those ads are targeted to those things that you have been thinking about discussing. They're little tells that perhaps, you know, you don't even know that you're, you're thinking about it, but Facebook's getting very good at predicting these things. So all of your personal data, all of those conversations, all of those things that you think are private um, with WhatsApp and with Facebook are not. Now there are ways to make them private inside those apps. There are secret conversations that you can set up, but they're real pain in the neck to use. Whereas Signal is inherently end-to-end encrypted on its own. And so they're, they're catching up to, to Facebook Messenger in a lot of ways. The group chats are there, group video chats are there, end-to-end encryption is there. And there's something called a secret number, which is generated uh, when you log on to the Signal server, which you can basically scan a QR code to make sure that the person that you're talking to is actually the person that you're talking to. You won't get spoofed uh, by having somebody with a similar name or a similar phone number pop up. So when you're looking to have a more private conversation, um, this is the way to do that. Now, you know, sort of in the context of Parler, can you have conversations that uh, perhaps would be censored on other platforms? You can. I'm going to go back to our previous segment and say, if you think that you're being silenced for something, perhaps do some reflection on why that might be. So Signal is more of a messaging platform. It's not necessarily uh, a competitor or a replacement to like a Twitter or Parler. It's more uh, for the people that would use like iMessage, text messaging, uh, WhatsApp. Very much, yeah. And so this is this is a communications platform. Um, right now, they're, it doesn't look like they're looking at having some sort of social media network presence. And um, we're seeing a bunch of other places pop up where people can uh, can talk to each other. Uh, John, you had some invites for one as well. I saw mm-hmm. it earlier today. What, what's that one called? It's called Clubhouse, and it's basically an audio 
platform where basically imagine you're you're at a party and there's a group of people talking about a, a topic you're basically a guest in that conversation so there's different rooms you can go to where people have specific topics that they're talking about and you can listen in and or and or you can participate in the conversation so um, but it's audio only there's no texting there's no anything else uh, and right now it's only for the iPhone and it's in a private beta so it's very uh, early days and it's to be determined exactly what the full uh, version of the software will actually allow you to do so this actually brings me to two things because I, I, I teach social media marketing and social media at a couple of different schools, uh, Kaplan U being one of them. And the thing that I've been talking about for the last couple of years is that social media has moved. Well, I mean, you know, web presence has moved from sort of websites to social media as far as social media marketing. And I, I've said for the last couple of years, we're going to be getting into a place where people like Facebook specifically are going to try to get into your conversations. You've probably seen those ads show up in Facebook Messenger. And so this has actually been the the, the, the evolution of how we are communicating, going from sort of that, that, you know, static broadcast platform to a dynamic broadcast platform that was social media to this interactive conversation based. And this is exactly the path that we were going to take. Um, so looking at, you know, Signal and looking at Clubhouse, the you know one-to-one presence or you know even uh, like many-to-many presence that we're seeing in these places um is the evolution of where things are going which means that things like twitter they're going to have to evolve because again the the conversation feels very asynchronous whereas synchronous conversations things where you're present are actually going to be where we're having these conversations going forwards now there's one thing that we do need to keep in mind with signal as far as security goes it is a very secure platform but before the segment john and i were chatting and if you're on an android platform there's something you need to keep an eye out for and that are that's third-party keyboards um, the keyboard that comes with your device inherently can't say for certain, should be secure, but a third-party keyboard can actually scrape your data and send it back home. And that could be to whoever created that keyboard. So keep that in mind. If you're using Signal, use the stock keyboard, you're going to be secure. Thanks, Graham. Uh, When we come back from the break, more uh, app show talk, and we'll be uh, chatting about our contest as well. You want to stay tuned for that. Back after this. You're back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here with John and Graham want to throw to our contest and again we are always doing contests giving away thousands of dollars in tech prizes up at getconnectedmedia.com hit the newsletter tab all the information is there on how to enter to win this uh, month we're giving away a really cool security device and uh, i guess very uh, appropriate with the uh, the stuff we've been talking about on today's program Graham, tell us about the yubikey so the YubiKey is actually a really cool device. Essentially, it gives you that uh, two-factor authentication, but it has to be in person. So this is plugged into your phone or it's plugged into your computer. Um, you have to touch it in order for things to basically unlock. And so I use this with my Google account, plug it into the bottom of my phone, or I've got one plugged into my computer. And when I log in, instead of getting an SMS message or using Google Authenticator, I can basically just touch that and it gives me that secure way of logging in. Very, very simple. Very, very easy. You don't have to worry about fumbling through apps. It's one touch and uh, your two-factor authentication secured. Again, hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, the newsletter tab and uh, all the information you need to enter to win. It's super simple. Um, and once you're entered, you're not only entered into this month, but all the ones we have going forward as well. I want to thank uh, John and Graham for uh, coming on the show today and also Christine, our producer. We'll see you again next time. 
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.